0: Hi, guys. Chris from the future here, which is actually still your past, just the future of the podcast that we recorded. Speaking of the future of the podcast, I just wanted to jump in here to mention that we will be changing the upload time of the podcast from Thursday evenings, East Australian Eastern Standard Time, to Monday evenings, Australian Eastern Standard Time. This is because we've been having some scheduling conflict around when we can actually get the recording done, and I still need time to edit the thing. And this seems like the best way to remain consistent. And it's just going to mean that there won't be a podcast the following Monday after this one or the following Thursday. The next one will be uploaded on the Monday following that, which is just how the schedule works. And it gives us a bit of a buffer to get the next one recorded. So we're hoping this will allow us to stay a bit more consistent. Uh, I just thought I'd jump in and tell you that before we get going. So cheers.
1: Yeah, so we, uh, you want to do the formal intro this morning?
0: Well, I think we decided that the consistency was on your end there. Just keeping it, uh, usual for the people. I hate you. Speaking of which,
1: what? (laughs) Nothing. Welcome to the getgood.cg podcast. This is the podcast where two CG artists talk about getting good at art. And along the way, we're going to be sharing some information that you can use to get good yourself. My name is Jaden and this is Chris. Hi. Yeah. So what's going on, Chris?
0: Uh, well, I actually, as a addendum to what we were just talking about off mic there, have just signed up to an animation class, an online animation class through iAnimate The great thing about it, actually, is that when I signed up with the work that I've got so far, I actually got advanced placement a little bit, so I got to skip two levels. So that means that at least some of the work that I've been doing is paying off. I'm looking forward to it, actually, because it's it's more formal instruction, which is something that I really need. Mm. And I think that sort of is what we're going to talk about today that we haven't really spoken about it too much, is that we just wanted to bring a few things in uh, from our lists. We've both got a list of things that work, things that haven't worked in our journeys. Would you say it's more about productivity or just like ways to sit down and do the work?
1: I'd say it's more along the line of productivity, focus, and just how to be more efficient, a more efficient person, I'd say. Yeah, so it's sort of like... Is that, would you agree?
0: Yeah. I mean, you and I both took a slightly different approach to the prompts, which I think is going to be interesting, because it's. Uh, I went a bit more, you know, tactile stuff that I've used that helps, whereas you went a bit more sort of ephemeral, I
1: think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no
0: shade. I'm, uh, just, so- I'm just saying that um,
1: I think oh, that wow, it's going to... Oh, man, gonna- you throwing shade at me live on the pod? How dare you? <laughs> Well, it's not like Chris would ever throw me under the bus. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, before we get into that, what's your socials, Chris?
0: Uh, you can follow me at Animator Chris anywhere on the internet.
1: And you can follow me at JSTO underscore R. All links are in the description. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, but no, seriously, everyone that has been watching and listening, thank you so much for your support. Um, you know, it is very, very good to see people... Uh, enjoying it and getting some use out of it even if we are just this these two creepy voices in the back of your head while you work uh, that is okay by us uh, but for the people that are you know finding this useful uh, in one way or another uh, you know please let us know it really motivates us to yeah. keep going and we, producing more content for you
0: we really do love the interaction and it helps us sort of frame the content that we're sharing in a bit more of a practical manner so that we know that it's helpful to share because there's there's plenty of stuff that we do that we don't necessarily have to share on the pod and we want to know what you want to hear you know
1: yeah so let us know and we will shape our content based around your feedback
0: for now until we get really big
1: <laughs> yeah. it's going to be hard to you know, yeah and then we become so else for that.
0: but but, you know, it, it's, only a, it's only a vibe. We're actually still pretty good guys. So if you catch us on the street, still say hi.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling that there will be plenty of listeners here in Canberra. <laughs>
0: well, I'm, there might be one or, one or two in Melbourne, but stay away from me. We're in lockdown. Jeez.
1: <laughs> anyway. So, Chris, you want to dive into your list? What have you, well, what yeah. have you got?
0: So, general. I'll just get my notebook here. Uh, generally what we sort, sort of thought that we'd be doing for this one was a bit more structured in that we spent about two, three more minutes preparing that we normally do. Um, <laughs> yeah. we've got a list of five things that we found that really help us, uh, keep on track and keep focus. Just As keep in mind, mind that. It, go on. <laughs> what am I keeping in mind? I
1: was just gonna say, keep in mind that it was five, but. Uh, you know, we, or at least I didn't really stick to five.
0: Oh, well, this is new information to me. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um, (laughs) and then there is the five things that didn't help. Um, so how many more than five do you have?
1: So for pros, I've got seven and for cons, I've got about two or three.
0: Well, that should work. Okay. Since I've got five cons. So how about we, um, We uh, trade off, and you start with one, then I'll do one, and we do it that way.
1: Actually, hang on. I've got four cons.
0: Well, if we end up with a surplus of your cons, then we'll have a conniption at the end.
1: (laughs) Cool. All right, Chris. So, should we go into yours first?
0: Uh, You can lead off, I think, because I think mine are very specific. (laughs)
1: All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's see. What do I think is the best one to start with? Hmm. How about one? One? Yeah. What do you mean? The top one? Yep. The it's Wim Hof app?
0: Right. Well, you've taken, talked about that one on the podcast before. Do you Yeah. You a summary.
1: Yeah, so I want to give a quick summary on this one because I have talked about this, I think, in episode three on the Productivity Podcast, which is Wim Hof. So Wim Mm. Hof is, uh, I think he's from Finland or Norway or something like that. And basically, he's not a scientist, but he's just a dude that likes to breathe. And so he'll go to these ice-cold lakes and he gets in at like, you know, six in the morning in these ice-cold lakes and like he freezes himself in that water and then he has this breathing exercise. And so basically what I've been doing is I've been following his breathing exercises. I haven't been getting in ice-cold lakes at six in the morning. So, you know, don't worry, I'm not telling anyone to do that. But he has these breathing exercises and it's like, it's called breath holds. And so at the basic gist of what you do is you do... 30 deep breaths in, and then on the 30th exhale, exhale, not inhale, you hold your breath for about 60 seconds, and then you inhale, and then you hold that for 15 seconds, and then you start again. Now, right. it sounds like pain, and it <laughs> is a little bit discomforting, but the there has been some research into why it actually works, and the general idea is that it helps to oxygenate your blood and it yeah. sounds like a complete cult and it kind of is he is a bit of he does have a bit of a personality cult well, behind him
0: you say that it works what does it do
1: So what it does is it just relaxes you like but not in a way where you feel like oh yeah man I'm like on a cloud but just kind of you just feel normal and then afterwards you like you realize that before you did it you just you were tenser than you thought and afterwards you just feel more normal you know you don't you don't have that tenseness to you and so i've found that in the mornings i haven't done it this morning but at some point in the morning whether it's when you first wake up it's probably best to when you first wake up to just do some breathing exercises to really just de-stress your body and i find that looking for ways to de-stress your body is just a really great way to stay productive stay focused Mm. and stay efficient and so that's why this was one of the ones that I decided to go back to, because I think it is very a very useful technique to use. So his name is Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F-F. So you can look him up on YouTube. He's also got an app as well, where it's like a bit of a follow along. So I suggest doing a follow along before you actually try it out, mm. and maybe do a bit of reading into it. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. That's the thing i I really don't have a lot of experience with it, so I can't really comment on uh my experience with it or the efficacy, but it sounds like it's worth looking into i I have found some good leverage for both productivity and you know like personal balance from other breathing exercises so I'd almost <clears throat> i can't I can't recommend on that on that degree breathing mm, exercises in general so
1: well i i read somewhere i don't even know where it is and i don't even know if i'm correcting this and in saying this but most people don't breathe properly and you'd think it's like everyone's like oh i breathe properly but it's like mm. people don't f- take full breaths in there's like breathing into your stomach and there's breathing into your chest and obviously everyone breathes into their chest only they don't actually oh, breathe into no. their stomach I, but
0: i totally believe that um, yeah Cause I, I have to stop myself sometime. Like I tend to breathe quite deeply, but I do catch myself sometimes breathing more shallowly, but because I'm aware of it, I tend to notice it and I actually notice it in other people as well. I'm like, um, and I, I, I don't just breathe, man.
1: just breathe.
0: point it out, but if they're like really just, it I've seen a very like, it's not like a shallow breath, but it's like a quick breath. Like, and then, you notice it because when they breathe out, you feel like cold air come out and it's because it hasn't been in them long enough to do anything.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I've I've never noticed that man, but I think breathing just generally is like, it's a great way to stay de-stress and you don't realize that because like shallow breathing like that actually makes you really stressed. It increases your anxiety. You have less oxygen in your blood. And so you're not What's, thinking it straight. It's kind of yeah. Like, it's
0: it's connected to your endocrine system, isn't it? Because it like ups your um. What do you call it? The adrenaline.
1: Yeah, maybe I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are not scientists.
1: Yeah, man, we're just scientists of getting good, getting good. Yeah, PhD. PhD, get good. <laughs> like in
0: Did you have any more to say on that one?
1: Uh, well, I kind of went over that a little bit in the. F- Productivity yeah. Pod Episode Three. It's probably
0: a good one to start on, actually, because a) we can direct you back to Episode Three if you haven't listened to it, <laughs> and b) uh, it's it's one that um, it's a good recommendation. But beyond that, it's up to like personal preference, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do recommend that you try it out, Chris. Um, I,
0: I I will we, eventually. Yeah. It's one of those things that I've said I will try, but I've just you know never gotten there.
1: Do it. So Chris, what's first up on your list?
0: Uh, Mine was actually productivity apps as well. Um, In that I had a couple here that I wanted to mention, but I just had it in under productivity apps. So it sort of leads on nicely from that. Um, There's one that's been really helping me recently actually called Habitica. Have you heard of that?
1: Never heard of her.
0: (laughs) So the the main idea behind it is that it's cross-platform. And it gamifies habit tracking. So it. Let's uh, just put a quick uh, caveat on the beginning of this. I am a colossal nerd. Um, so. <laughs>
1: Standard nerds.
0: <laughs> what Habitica is, is it makes habit tracking and your sort of like journey to gain good habits and get stuff done into an RPG. And so by completing tasks, you get experience and you get other sort of like currencies in the game. And then you can use that to buy things from the store.
1: That's a really and good the game ga- idea.
0: Yeah. The gamified element is amazing. It's like a pixel art style. Um, there's not a whole lot of game to it per se, but there's a lot of customization and there's a lot of, um, uh, sort of like social elements to it as well, but primarily what I use it for, and it's in abstract of these sort of like RPG elements, which I do find quite compelling. But the, the main bit is that it separates out your to-do list from your habits because most other apps, they put them all in together. And it's just a bunch of things you have to do and then you can have them set to recurring, but with Habitica, they actually have different sections for stuff you want to do daily habits you're trying to put in place or put out of place, and then your actual to-do list. And so by separating it out, it really helps my brain sort of categorize things.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So is, is that how it's helps you? It's helped your brain categorize things that you need to do and then therefore helps you prioritize the things that need to be, do, be done? The
0: prioritization is really good because, for instance, um, with the habits, it's not you know, did you do this? Did you not do this? It's got a plus and a minus. And if you do it, you get a plus, which gets you experience and other things in the game. If you do a minus, you get less of that. And so it incentivizes you to do the thing or to not do the thing as the case may be. So if you do a thing that you're saying that you shouldn't do, then you hit the minus and you lose health.
1: Yeah, right. Do you have like, you know, can you get custom skins? Is there an asset store? Yes. Oh, (laughs) jeez.
0: This is what I mean. It's it's a complete gamified experience and trans transparently that's exactly what it is, and you can obviously, you know, buy stuff with actual money. I'm not that into it. But just the basic experience is really good, and I think it's my, you know, undiagnosed ADHD or something, but it really does help me keep on top of things a bit better than I found any other productivity thing like Todoist or anything like that has done. It's the only one that actually categorizes it in a good way. And then so for instance beyond that the there's the dailies, which aren't habits, but they're to dos that you have to do daily. Like for instance for me, I've got one there that's animate. And if I animate, I check it off. If I don't, I don't. And if you don't check off your dailies by the end of the day, you take damage.
1: Oh right, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good way of doing it. I I'm gonna try this out.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um well, okay, you no, know, it is not cool. What is the opposite of cool? It is what? very specific niche and if you're the type of person who would like that sort of thing, it's great. It is not cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> true. I think that a lot of I think a lot of people that are into CG are also into games, I'm not saying that as a universal, but I think that That's probably
0: true. I I, think, I I wouldn't bring it here unless I thought a it was a yeah. safe space or b it was uh it was a uh, part of our people, you know,
1: <laughs> our, our people, we are one, but we are many. The,
0: the other app I wanted to mention, um, since we're going through that is shift. Have you heard of shift?
1: Never heard of a,
0: it's a Mac OS and PC app, uh, that congregates all of your accounts into one UI. So. I don't have anything other than Gmail, but I've got my professional Gmail and I've got a bunch of different other email accounts that I use for other things Mm -hmm. and it just shoves them all into one, what is technically a web browser. It's built on Chromium and then you can quickly flick between them. And if you go from the tab that's in one particular account, whatever you then take another tab off that into will be logged in as that account
1: right okay and so what's the benefit
0: uh you don't have to it keeps everything in the one place so you know you don't have to log into each of your emails separately it doesn't it's not like forwarding it doesn't like put them all in one basket it keeps them separated but then also for something like youtube say if i wanted to have the chris and jaden one on there
1: like and subscribe like and subscribe.
0: I could have the emails come straight into that separately. And when I click on that, and then if I took a tab out of that out to YouTube, it's already logged in as Chris and Jaden instead of as my regular account.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. I see. So I
0: don't have to worry about which account I'm in when I'm changing things.
1: Right. So what's the advantage over like uh, the Outlook app or something like that?
0: Well, because that's what I'm saying. The Outlook app, you have to set up filters and it all bulks into the one sort of thing and you're forwarding it all together. And it's A, fragile, B, complicated, and C, not a nice user experience. Shift lays it out a lot nicer. And it puts it all together. You can also install web apps. For instance, I only access Discord through Shift and you install the web app, like you'd install it off the website onto your computer, but you install it into Shift which keeps it sandboxed into the browser. So, for instance, on macOS, you don't, um, when you install the Discord server, if any channels are marked ex- as explicit, macOS just straight up doesn't show them to you. So, if you're accessing the web app, you can still access all of the channels.
1: Yeah, okay. And yeah, so it I... me-
0: means that you can have the apps on your computer but you're accessing through the browser so that you don't actually have them installed. So I've got Habitica on there. I've got discord. I've got a link to my LinkedIn and it's all just sort of lined up and you can just flick between them and do your, you know, your daily check in like 10 minutes instead of having to log into all these different things.
1: Yeah. Right. I, cause I found when I, when I was working, working the daily grind in an office job, I, I, I just used the web Gmail login because Outlook just sucks. I mm. hated it. It was just, like, there was a few features where it was like, damn, I could use with that. But overall, it was just a messy experience. It was It's just like a it, dog's breakfast, really.
0: Yeah, it's awful, especially for an individual user or for somebody who's at the whim of, like, a corporate mail server or something like that. Um, the The main advantage that I use it for is... A, it's a password manager, so it saves all your passwords and you can actually import them from all your different browsers. So like if you have Google or Firefox or something, Shift can actually just pull in all of the passwords you've got saved in your keychain and that sort of thing. Yeah, and right. And then you can just have them there to pre-fill if you've got them across several different browsers. And then it has really good encryption, so it's like a proper password protection thing. And then it's also got... So, it's got the web apps, but then it's also got what's called workspaces. So, you can have a bunch of tabs, call it a workspace, then close it, and they'll just sit there ready to go on a button until you're ready to go back to them. So, you don't have to have like a million tabs up all the time or a million like troll through a million bookmarks. You can actually leave a workspace the way you left it.
1: Yeah, right. That That sounds pretty. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds like something I could utilize because I've got multiple emails. For some reason, I don't know why I've got multiple personal emails. Plus also the Chris and Jaden um, email. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it would be super useful for me to just be able to flick through them because I've got... I use two browsers at the moment. I use Opera and Brave. Um, yeah. Opera because... I don't know. I just found it better than Chrome and you Firefox
0: um I uh I use Brave the most.
1: Oh, so you use Brave as Shift,
0: well. Yeah, no, I use Brave on most things. I use Firefox on Windows just because I honestly can't remember there was a reason. Um but the thing is I mainly I mainly use Shift now because it is a web browser and you can save all your sessions as a workspace so I, I don't have to like leave it open or save a session or make, like, a tab group or, like... Yeah, It's right. just easy. It is $100 a year, so what? it's a bit of an investment. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: Have a look at it. You might. Uh, uh, I'm not uh, explaining it very well, but the workflow, it works for me. It might work for somebody else.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I've, I've been using Brave quite a lot for a few months now, purely because I'm like, I want it to make me rich on crypto. <laughs> but it I just... The, the more brave currency that I get, so like it kind of goes up the amount of brave currency I have, but the amount of money that I have from that that translates into real money stays the same because the amount of brave I have goes up, but the value of it just keeps going down at roughly this uh, con- consistent rate. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm looking. I at think it.
0: you and I could probably start a crypto podcast if you were interested. But uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't
0: know if that's that's uh, something we should get into here because I've got opinions.
1: Yeah, well, look, I'm I'm not mass. I'm I'm a bit of a noob when it comes to crypto, so I'm not massive into it. But I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking. Yeah, one day I'll get rich.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to redact my status with crypto and my opinion just for now. Um, moving quickly forward, I, I just remembered why I use Firefox. It's um, the autoplay thing. In Firefox, when you open YouTube tabs, it doesn't autoplay, even the ads.
1: Oh, right. yeah. So I... with,
0: Brave, with Brave, it doesn't have ads. But when you open a tab on Firefox, it explicitly doesn't let it autoplay until you press play. And I
1: like that. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. So no one can Rick Roll you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, Opera has, uh, ad blocking as well. But one of the features that I really love it for is it's got YouTube window popouts or just video popouts as a general. So you can just pop out a video and then, like, minimize the main window and then just, like, resize it to whatever shape you want it move it around your screen so i think I,
0: firefox has that
1: oh really yeah i find yeah. it super useful for you know following tutorials or whatever i'm doing because i this might, might be a sin for most 3d artists but i went from two monitors to three monitors to one monitor
0: because yeah, i found it was just I've taking up too a, much
1: space and so one of
0: my um, cons is actually about monitors so maybe we can talk about that yeah when we get there
1: yeah okay all right well i'll i'll put a pin in that until we get to monitors for some reason we're talking about monitors anyway
0: <laughs> uh just to finish just to finish off the other two apps that were part of that um productivity thing was luma fusion and darkroom luma fusion is uh, an ios video editing app that saved my butt last year when i had to edit like an hour-long documentary um <laughs>
1: What? You a documentary?
0: Yeah, I'll talk to you about that uh, later. So it's a longer story. If I get interest, I'll share it on the pod, but it's not really relevant. Um, But then Darkroom is like uh, Lightroom from Adobe, but not Adobe, and also runs on iOS. And I've got the iPad as well as the M1 Mac, which means that I can run iOS apps on the Mac. And it's just nice. Oh, nice so just being able to edit video and edit photos on the run, very good. And you can combine that with your Dropbox or your Apple storage or whatever it's called. Um, so you've got a full just, Apple fanboy now? Uh, no, no. I'm talking to you on a PC right now.
1: Oh, right, okay.
0: <laughs> the, uh, the The main reason... I don't know, we'll get into that later maybe. <laughs> Some of this might tangent a bit better into... I um interpret system choice.
1: Well, we will hold off on the tangents at least for now. Yeah, what's your second? All right, second one. All right, which one do I pick from? Ooh, good stretch. Uh, Let's go with. um, I'm going to sort of keep going with the theme of like chilling yourself out, and I reckon. Mm Next one I have is sleeping at a regular time. And this is something Mm. I might... I I don't know if I touched on in the other podcast in episode three. Maybe I did. But uh, sleeping at a regular time is just... It's really good for setting a routine. And when you have a routine, you are a good little boy. Or a good little (laughs) non-binary, whatever you are. It is good to have a good sleeping habit. a, A good sleeping pattern and a good routine. Like if you if you have a good routine, then you are going to be far more productive. And people say, Oh, I'm not really a routine person. Yes, you are.
0: You just don't do it. You've no.
1: just been so disconnected from routines for a long time that you have forgotten the benefits.
0: Or you've covered all the good routines up with bad routines. Yeah. That, that yeah. sort of cycles into my opinions on habits. But the 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 really only the real the only real opinion I have on that is when you go to bed determines when you can get up, and the earlier you can get up, the better you will hit the day. So
1: yeah, like you, you do get that creative thing late at night where you think, all right, yeah, time. I, I actually posted something about this on Twitter the other night where, like, you just you go into bed, you're like, oh, yeah. all right, time to log off, and right as you're about to close Blender or whatever you're doing, bang, your creative mind just goes crazy. And you're up until, like, three in the morning just being like, hell yeah, awesome productivity sesh. But then you wake up at, like, 11 o'clock the next day or whatever. But
0: I I find that there's, like, a cliff for that. Like, if you stay up a little bit too late, then that kicks in. But if you go to bed before that, then it sort of pushes it off to the following morning, which is the better outcome.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's, I I feel like... It's less likely to happen in the middle of the night as well. Maybe other people are different. Maybe they get that every single night. But for me, I, I find that the longer the day goes on, the less productive I am, like especially the afternoons, especially the afternoons in the afternoons. I'm that that's where I usually go for like a life admin stuff because I just can't focus on anything creative. I'll just like, I don't know, do my washing or whatever.
0: Between 12 o'clock and three o'clock in the afternoon, I am useless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, I find having a regular sleeping pattern where you wake up early in the morning and you could just crank out stuff, it's so incredibly useful because you're using like the freshest part of the day to be the most productive possible.
0: I have to admit I've been pretty bad at that lately. Oh, dude, I'm being
1: completely hypocritical right now.
0: (laughs) Because I've been staying up pretty late because we're, as mentioned, in lockdown at the moment and... Sometimes it's the only time I get my introvert recharge time, let's just put it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace for the homies with the extrovert. <laughs>
0: yeah, well.
1: pour some uh, out for the homies dead and gone.
0: Makes uh it's uh it compensates in other ways.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. The uh you know, it's good to get out of your skin sometimes. It's just that when society forces people who are not like to stay in the one place to stay in the one place it's kind of like trying to contain flubber
1: (laughs) I mean surely there's ways you can you can automate that
0: (laughs) well if if you uh, if you figure it out you let me know do you have a ceiling Um, fan uh, no
1: Uh, I was gonna say you could put like a ball of string
0: hey that's mean (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Dude, it's kind of funny
0: a little <laughs> but i would never admit that
1: <laughs> just like a little kitten
0: is that like all you have to say on kitten. sleep before you start getting a little bit you know li- line adjacent
1: yeah look i'm since i've got a lot of pros i'm just gonna bust through these first few that I, we've kind of touched on uh, much more quickly okay sure yeah
0: um, so I might just do my next one then. Yeah. Uh, my It's a very specific one. Probably shouldn't take too long. It's a KVM switch. Do you know what a KVM switch is? No. Uh, keyboard, video, mouse is what the KVM stands for. And the switch is in switch. It's a little box that you can plug multiple displays into and it outputs to one display and you can operate it with a little pad that changes between the inputs, I have found it really helpful because as before mentioned, I'm working on windows Mac and a laptop and I have one display tablet at the moment. Well, that's not true. I have multiple display tablets. I have one display tablet set up. Uh, And so when I want to do stuff that requires a stylus, it's really handy to just be able to plug something in switch to that input and then go without having to futz around in the display tablet settings.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's just like a switchboard kind of thing.
0: It moves the same keyboard and mouse between each of them. Oh, so like yeah. I plug my windows machine and my Mac in and my laptop in, and I can use the same keyboard and mouse with all of them. And so if I'm, you know, working on something in Maya, which I use on windows or ZBrush, which I use on windows and I need a texture, all of my texture, all of my, like, I use the affinity suite, which is like, adobe but not terrible um and i use that on mac which is the primary reason i'm on mac because i love the affinity suite and so if i need to create a texture i'll just jump over to my mac stick it on dropbox sync it and then it's back on my pc and i don't even have to like stand up or change where my hands are
1: oh nice yeah it's really really handy i think i have a friend that he has he does something like that between his desktop and something on his on his tv like i don't really I, I don't know if his tv is just like an extra monitor that is like you know five meters away from his tv or but i do think i remember him using some sort of switch thing yeah so it's it.
0: really it's a small advantage but it's a really great advantage because it means you don't need a bunch of peripherals sitting around you don't need multiple keyboards and if you've only got one display tablet like mine which like the reason I'm using this one is it's the 24 inch one. And I like to have stylus input cause I don't like using a mouse all the time. Cause it's not ergonomical.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, it's just really handy. Uh, the other thing that it's good for is say I wanted to set up a streaming setup. I could have one output go through the streaming PC and one output go through the regular PC. So while I'm just working normally, I can work normally with no latency, mm. but then if I wanted to go to streaming, I could, Whack it over to the streaming PC and get the exact same visuals, just rerouted through the streaming PC.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. That sounds pretty cool.
0: Haven't got that and set up yet, but it's on the on the plan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so you use Dropbox, do you, to keep everything synchronized? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, tried. I tried too. using other stuff, but honestly, Dropbox is the only one that actually reliably syncs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to my it sister about this yesterday. Doesn't cost a bajillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to my sister about this yesterday with like Apple cloud. And she, she's trying to figure out what to, what to use. I'm just like, yeah, just Dropbox is what I use. And I find it the most reliable.
0: I pay for extra Apple cloud a little just because I like having the ability to have more f- photos across my devices. Cause I use it a lot for animation reference and for like taking, like for instance, the other day I was comparing a bunch of stuff in unreal it was moving too fast for my eye to see. And there was a discrepancy between the step forward function and the real time thing because of the way that the takes were working. So I just held up my phone to the screen and I was just making recordings as I played it and just recording the animation. So I could step through it on my phone and compare different takes to actually see what was happening in real time. And I just keep that on my iCloud, but I don't need that everywhere. So, right. Dropbox works for that. I guess Dropbox is like a sneaky a sneaky other recommendation. Best um, best syncing software.
1: Oh yeah, it's great. I, I use um, what do I do? I use a laptop and a desktop and I'll sort of switch between them for multiple reasons and just the automatic synchronizing is just like it's it's so reliable that it's kind of annoying sometimes because it can slow down your internet if you've yeah. got shitty internet. And so it's always consistently syncing every single time you make a save. So sometimes I'll have to pause it because it's like it might lag out my internet if I'm, you know, doing X, Y, Z.
0: What Z. What is really great about it as well is that it keeps up with my renders. So I could be rendering off my Windows PC and I could be seeing the files come in live on my Mac.
1: Oh yeah. It, so... as, as
0: As the frames get bumped out, I can use viewers on the Mac to view something that's rendering out on the PC with only a little bit of lag.
1: And you know what the best thing about that is? Well, one of the best things is that it completely protects everything. We, we sound like we're doing a paid sponsorship for Dropbox here. <laughs> if
0: Dropbox would like to sponsor us, we may be open to that. So please reach out to our team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A.K.A. us. Like and subscribe. So, Hello. But I... Something I really like about it is that when I want to reformat my computer, if there's I'll just kind of look at my desktop and say, "Oh, yeah, I'll just take that photo, save that somewhere, and then I just wipe my computer. I don't bother backing anything up because it's all backed up on my Dropbox. And then when yeah. my computer is fresh, I just only tick you know my current project folder that I'm using and maybe a couple of old ones that I might want to reference back to. And it then, is
0: so nice for that. yeah, because yeah. I, I reformat my computers regularly. And having to reset up all your file systems is a pain. I'm actually thinking about putting in a system where like every six months or so, I just dump my entire Dropbox onto a drive and then just throw it to the back of the cupboard and then start again.
1: Really? Or yeah. e- even your Dropbox, getting rid of your Dropbox.
0: Yeah. It's just like clean, you know, I like to start fresh.
1: Yeah, I do like that. Just like a nice, clean... Uh, You know, it's almost like when you just cleaned your room, you're like, oh, yes, this is nice, isn't it?
0: But I'm also a data hoarder, so, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, me too. Like, I've got just so much random shit just stored in the back of my Dropbox. Just like, what even is this?
0: But no, I, I, I compulsively reformat everything probably about every two years or so, like to the point where I did like a little script that brings down a bunch of chocolatey packages so that I don't have to like manually install everything. I just run the script. And when I start a new thing of windows, it just brings down all the apps I normally immediately install.
1: Oh, right. When I, when I reformat, I don't do any of that just so that I like to have everything minimal. And so I'll only well, come install, on, man. like will only couple the things apps.
0: you're going to install. Like, yeah, there's a couple of things I'm going to and, install, but
1: you know. no, 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 install them as i need them which definitely is inconvenient when i'm like i'm gonna do this and it's like oh i have to install that first but it helps me control
0: the the nascent
1: system admin in me (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know i'm much more chaotic than you yeah
0: no that's true or maybe like what is it i'm lawful neutral you're chaotic neutral
1: i'm chaotic 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 evil i don't know (laughs)
0: Uh, I think you. I think you're cutting yourself a little short there, mate. I don't know, man. Anywho,
1: so my next pro, I'm going to go mm-hmm. into something a little bit more pragmatic. It's probably my more, most pragmatic one, and mm-hmm. I it's uh, courses, paid courses specifically. Yes. So. You and I have both done some courses. You're, you're, as we mentioned earlier in this podcast, you said you are doing an animation course.
0: I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's and with an ex with a Dreamworks animator who worked on like Kung Fu Panda 3 and all these other things.
1: I love Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. I haven't watched the new, the new ones. I'm not sure if I've watched three or two, but I've watched one. At least one.
0: There's like some really great art in those movies. If anybody thinks it's just for kids, if you go into it with an artist's eye, geez Louise.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what is, what is the course for you? Is it like, do you actually get feedback from it or is it just pre-recorded? Yeah, so
0: it goes for 11 weeks. You get an instructor session where he sort of looks at what's happening, gives you a task, and then you get a review where it's, student by student and he goes through and he does a draw over and tells you what to improve and it's project based so you sort of work on stuff as you go and then there'll be like a final one at the end
1: yeah right and where are you doing that through it's online it's uh, doing it through i animate oh, okay i've never heard of them
0: um there's sort of like so there's animation mentor which is the one that everybody knows if mm. you're into this sort of stuff um which is also why it's the most expensive one yeah <laughs> Then there is Anim School, and then there's probably iAnimate. So if you've heard of Animation Mentor and i and Anim School, then you probably hear about iAnimate. But in my opinion, it's the better one because it's not, um, we call it, it's not uh, registered for official certification, meaning that there's no qualification that you're working towards. You're just there doing the work because you want to do the work, and all of their instructors are. You know, working professionals.
1: That's very useful. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's mainly people who get home from work at one of the big studios or at like a smaller studio who used to work at one of the big studios and then they do a class. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's really good. Um, all of the schools I think claim to have working professionals, but this one I like because it's yeah, not, bull. you know, you don't have to have American citizenship for one. You don't have to have, you know, a, a commitment. Cause like, I think specifically Anim school, you have to sign up for the program and there's like program rules and you have to like achieve a certain level of academic something or other to keep going and all that sort of stuff. Oh, right.
1: So, so actually, I just, you can- it encourages you to get good.
0: Yeah. Like I would have done that one if it seemed like I would be able to, but for instance, with this, I animate one, if I can't do the next workshop immediately after I've done this one,
1: mm.
0: I can take a break for a season, save up and then do the next one later.
1: Yeah. That's pretty good.
0: Cool. Whereas with the Adam school program, you'd have to just commit to it and just do it until it's done.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: I like the flexibility of that, yeah. especially since a lot of the lectures happen at like nine o'clock to one o'clock in the morning.
1: And so, what what did you say the the school was called again that you're at?
0: I animate.
1: I animate. Cool. Started right.
0: by a guy named Jason Ryan.
1: All right. He, um, well, yeah. If would you recommend it to anyone listening?
0: Well, I can recommend it in that I'm excited to do it. I have not done any courses through there, so I will withhold. Uh. Absolute recommendation. What I can recommend is Animation Collaborative, which is a bunch which is a similar school that's gone online recently because of the pandemic. Um and they're running the Epic Intensive at the moment, but their fall or autumn semester starts soonish. Mm. And it's a bunch of working and X, Pixar, and Leica. Animators. So if anybody's interested in that, I'd go over the Animation Collaborative. Pricing is exorbitant, as it should be, because it's, you know, industry knowledge
1: straight to you. So but, uh, uh, we, you and I were talking, um, I don't know if it was on pod or off pod a while ago, mm-hmm. and you said to me you were hesitant to do a course because you feel like you'd just... You, you wouldn't follow through with the work or you wouldn't... You'd be... It's kind of like a lot of people they get these pre recorded courses that they might buy on Udemy or whatever. And they'll just Yeah. Well that's the difference. It's not a live class. Is is it the difference is that it's a live class because so many people buy courses and they don't use them like I've done that before.
0: The difference is accountability, because like the price doesn't affect me, you know, like I've got this really great, honestly great course um about modeling in ZBrush by a guy who's a really great seabrush modeler and he's actively updating the course and he does live streams and all that but because it's sort of like you buy into the course all of the material is pre-recorded and then you just sort of interact over time through like the community that he's got going and then you go to the live streams and see his demonstrations and stuff it's just one level of passive too low to really engage me to just sit down and do it yeah religiously Whereas if you've got an instructor who, who like gets onto Zoom and they're like, "Hey, Chris, so here's what's wrong with your shot," like, that's a level of accountability I think that is missing.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what I that's what I was really aiming at with this point in that not just courses that are, you know it's a prepaid one that's someone keeps it up to date. While those are good and useful to do, and I have gotten a lot of utility from those. But doing actual paid courses that mimic an actual university or school, where you are you are there as a student, you have a teacher, you have weekly meeting times, and they give you actual feedback, is incredibly useful. Like I, I, I think every second podcast I mentioned that I did a CGMA class, and. I still just can't help but say, like, it's, it was like one of the best ways I've spent my money in a long, 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 long time. Just because that, that feedback from, um, that feedback from the tutor tutor was just awesome to have that every single week. It was good to have the accountability of, oh, damn, I've got to get this done on time. Like, cause when you're doing like a, a course, that you've pre-bought off Udemy or whatever, it's, you can kind of do it whenever you want. And that's why a lot of people just have them sitting there and they don't actually use them.
0: Yeah. Like pre-recorded is great for like pre-recorded is better than not having anything. And it gives you access to knowledge you might not have otherwise been able to get off YouTube, Mm. but it's not a level of accountability. And I think the accountability is really the, important point it's somebody who says so where's the stuff
1: yeah and beyond that those those live classes they're usually like that by the way they do have pre-recorded content in it like the 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 lectures and the demonstrations will be pre-recorded but you'll have live q and a's and you'll have feedback interactions but that's a side note
0: at at ianimate there's the vault right and so like every other class that's been done you can go back and watch through all of that like that's good gold nugget digging you know but mm. the the fact is that it's not contextual and i think the context is what's important it's it's here is where you are here is somebody who knows where you're trying to get giving you information that helps you personalize it towards it. yeah
1: yeah and so i think with one thing i was going to say is that these these paid courses are they are super useful in the you you are more you are more likely to get a good competent instructor that's not to say that all of them are you know crazy good but you know anyone can kind of just create a paid course because they came up on youtube and then you know throw it online and people can buy those the quality of those can vary to a huge degree and they can be super yeah super expensive but the level of commitment that is required to run an actual live course is far higher that most of the people that are going to do it are, are actually going to be working professionals and they're going to be working through an actual school. And so yeah. you're much more yeah. likely to get a better quality education through that alone.
0: And that's, that's also the thing. It comes down to the fact that through I animate, you would learn animation from an animator. The school is organized by the people who run the school. Mm. If you're taking information from somebody who's making it their business to have courses like say you go on udemy or skillshare or you get into somebody else's bespoke course but it's not run through a school it's probably still good information but their context is no longer working as the thing that they're trying to teach you about their context is business person who sells courses
1: yeah and look the amount of courses i've come across where they just teach really obscure methods yeah. of joy things. And it's like, okay, cool. This is an interesting way of doing it, but I don't know in what studio this particular method is going to be used. And it's kind of like, this is this is kind of only used this way because...
0: Otherwise otherwise known as Blender's Law.
1: Yeah, Blender's Law is just like everything... It, it's done this way because it's 100% done in Blender. And it's like, oh, okay.
0: But nobody... Yeah, that's the thing. Nobody at a certain level, does that. Yeah. Not to say they couldn't. And that's the thing that people always get confused. It's like, yes, you can get industry-level work by doing it through those workflows, but they don't. <laughs> and so if you're trying to get that job, that's a level of friction you possibly don't need
1: mm, Yeah. trying
0: to get that job.
1: Um, I, I will say that I think um, for the absolute beginners, people that They've just gone from zero to noob and now yeah, they like what
0: what is it what is UV unwrapping? What is animation? Yeah, I Great. think I
1: think people that are just at noob, I think the I think that they are best to start on like just YouTube tutorials and then maybe do some of those paid ones just so that they can get like a general grasp of the knowledge. I, and then I honestly
0: think you could become a industry-level artist, even with the appropriate workflows of YouTube alone, it's just going to take longer and you're going to have to dig more.
1: Yeah. And so I think once you learn the general program of what you're using, you get a little bit of skills. Once you're maybe starting to get to that intermediate level, that's when I'd probably say do a paid course. Like I know there are paid, live paid courses for absolute beginners, but it's probably a better use of your time or, and especially money to do like just free YouTube tutorials or just like cheap Udemy ones, just so that you can kind of get those skills up. Because from what I've found, the 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 CGMA one that I did is that. It was, there was so much assumed knowledge in it. It was assumed that you had a general grasp on modeling and texturing and that sort of things. Like they did kind of introduce, you know, new software and they kind of show you how to do things, but it was software agnostic. And that's the thing. Most of these courses are software agnostic.
0: And that's, that's the whole thing as well, is that it's pay to play because as soon as you put a financial hurdle in front of something, yes, it's exclusive. It, it is actively excluding people from knowledge, which you can have your own opinions on. But as soon as you put that financial barrier, you do ensure that on the other side of that barrier, everybody's there is there for the same reason. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, I can't tell you the amount of like discords and that sort of thing that I'm a member of that kind of become useless as... You know, networking and interaction tools for an industry-level mindset because they're just flooded with beginners who are desperately finding anything they possibly can to get into that chat room and just yell, like, how to become good at Blender?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's, it, it,
0: I find it quite frustrating as an intermediate artist how hard it is to find spaces for intermediate-level people.
1: Yeah, no, it's all it's all just thrown in there with the beginners.
0: And they're the loudest, you know?
1: Yeah, the amount of times... <laughs> they, they, they... Every time I go on Facebook, which is just very rare these days, every single time I'm on there, it's like... Because I'm on a lot of Blender pages, but especially yeah. just the Blender Facebook page, is just like you'll have one of those big um, things come up, like a big post just saying how to be good at blender or you know something that should have been like pasted into google was put into the blender group and it's just like you could have had your answer immediately but you've chosen to first get railed by 10 people telling you to google it and then a nice enough person eventually comes along and tells you the actual answer after like an hour of getting railed
0: yeah but that even the nice person, they don't have much to go on. Like, they're just like, oh, you know, you just download it and you look at what's interesting to you. Watch a bunch of tutorials. The same answer. It's, but it's over and over and over. And it's just, it's not helping the person who's asking and it's not helping anybody who's there. And it, devalidates the space as a space where learning can happen or community can happen. And that's, that's why I do advocate for a financial hurdle, even though I don't love how expensive a lot of this stuff can be a lot of the time. But the fact that stuff can be expensive, but still achievable does give you spaces where you do have the ability to learn and grow amongst people who have the same mindset and are just, you know, bashing caps lock and asking you how is to get good at better animation
1: yeah i mean people the want to they they want to get good and by going and just posting in facebook like i do feel bad just kind of i usually just ignore it because i just i just see the same questions over and over and over and i know the answer to that but it's like i've answered those sorts of questions so many times where it's just like i'm I'm over answering that, and the the and fact I feel that like that the, there's a the lot of information is there. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's either somebody who's very young, or it's somebody who's you know English is not their first language, or somebody who's having a bad day and they're just venting because they're having trouble. Like whatever it is, but the fact that that space, the the fact that they, the fact that they have. You know, it's kind of like the the sewage getting into the water. It's like at that point you can't have a good conversation. I remember on one of these um, workshops that I've been doing, I was getting some really good information about how to be an animation supervisor. It was really interesting stuff about like the uh, methodology at Pixar and how to like manage people and how to get shots done, but also protecting the people doing the work. Really cool topic, but because it was an animation workshop. There's somebody in the chat, all caps, like, how do I smooth my animation? What is a good pose to pose?
1: You know, like... I really do. Not
0: I, the time. Yeah. Not
1: the place. I do feel sorry for those people because they're just trying to get good. Um, but
0: they don't have context. They're not entering a space giving in order to receive. They're just there to take.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I... that They definitely do that. And that does kind of irk me a little bit. I... I do, I, I reckon I probably would have been that person when I was a teenager, just going on there be like, how do I get the good? Um, <laughs> although when I was a teenager and I was sort of dabbling in CG, I was really just doing like, you know, stupid Photoshop stuff. So I didn't, most of the things were answered through just YouTube videos, but I digress.
0: Yeah. Google and YouTube exist. YouTube is the most utilized search engine on the planet. Be like most people.
1: I I do I do sympathize with those sorts of people because they are just trying to get good and they don't know where to look and they find these groups on Facebook and they're like, Oh, these people can give me the exact custom answer that I need but it's just like the the down the down yeah, the downside of that is that those spaces that that were kind of about discussing art and blender techniques or whatever it is they, they go from that to, I just kind of ignore those spaces now because every second post or, I don't know, it feels like every second post is just, how do I make Blender?
0: Or even worse, like a, a GIF of like, oh, here's my first, you know, movie I made with Blender and they're just like rotating the default cube with the mouse.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think the worst I've seen is someone genuinely asked how to install Blender. And I think maybe there wasn't a bit of context to that. Maybe they didn't have a good enough computer to...
0: Rick, regardless of what it is, 2. 8. if they're asking for help, it's like on Stack Exchange. If you ask a technical question on Stack Exchange and you do not provide your exact computer specs, you will get railed.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, just, it's just like the... The, the spaces have become flooded with so much of those questions where it's just, it's and that's difficult. The,
0: it's the danger of the democratization of those spaces. Cause it's what you have to accept. If you want accessibility for people, Yeah, if you want accessibility, you need to deal with the fact that more people are going to be casually involved. Yeah. And it's, it's getting past those casual spaces that I think is the main benefit of paid courses. I think we've been on this long enough. Do you want to move on?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've been on that long enough. What's your next one, Chris? (laughs) Uh,
0: Really quick one. Visual timer, tactile visual timer that goes beep when it ends. Um, (laughs) That as well as just like physical, physical work tools. Cause I, my first, my first, uh, thing that works was the apps and I find that they help in certain situations, but because those apps are businesses, they always scope creep. They always add too much and they always require you as the user to have a particular workflow. And then they have this view of what their ideal customer is and they start building the app towards that. So the longer the app has existed, the less useful it becomes. Does that make sense? Yes. So, by having tools that are physical, that don't update, mm. that don't need charging, yeah. that the button isn't going to get moved, yeah. it just keeps this rapidity of habit that you can then build your workflow around. I, I use the, the visual timer as an example because it's got a dial on it. It's very tactile. I can replace the batteries in it.
1: Mm. It's
0: not going to stop until the parts physically disintegrate, right? Yeah. The... I guess the main recommendation is things that you build your habits around that don't change without your permission.
1: Yes. Yes. The amount of times I like, I've gotten used to pressing a button in a specific corner of blender and then blender being blender goes, Oh, that button is now 20 tabs away. Yeah. And (laughs) for an example,
0: I initially got the visual tomato app, for windows, which just sits in your, it sits in your tr- like tray bar and it ticks. And then eventually it goes off after the amount of set time. But the thing is you can't turn the ticking off. And so if you're the kind of person who can code something up like that and you can turn it into something that you can turn the ticking off, that's still a bespoke tool. But mm. it's a bespoke tool you then made. I don't have that kind of skill set. So I just bought the physical timer. I like physical stuff.
1: You're a physical boy. The problem.
0: Yeah. The problem is when you're relying on other people's software and you're relying on other people's ecosystems, then your habits that you're building are entirely at their mercy to keep habitual.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's all I had for that one. Do you have anything to say on that?
1: Uh, Not really, other than, yeah, it's really annoying when you, you are used to a certain habit of things and then it goes and it changes on you. So I, maybe this can sort of go into another one. I wasn't really going, I was thinking of leaving this one out, but you know, I might as well put it in and it's managing money properly. Um, Mm. And the reason why I bring this up is because it's just a lot of the things I'm basing mine on is to de-stress. And I think being distressed is very important to being productive Focused and efficient, and so I've been I've been recently rejigging my money management system um, as of late, and to, to be extremely thorough in it, and I I was I was going to use like the old envelope system, but I mm. don't live in nineteen tickety two, so I decided <laughs> not to do that, and I hate cash. So, I, I was looking, I was shopping around at all these apps, and there were some of those apps where, like, you can, s- like, synchronize your bank accounts up to it and it automatically, like, tracks everything and, like, it, you know, helps you. Oh, you reach... mean, like, fresh books or something? Yeah, yeah. It, like, it just sort of automatically tracks everything for you and, you know, helps, helps to categorize your money. Um, and then there's other ones where, like, it's, like you manually put them in, um, mm. but the issue that I f- nobody's going to do that. Yeah, the, well, no. Here's the thing, i I found the the ones where they you manually put them in they're they're free, but they're also just very restrictive. So on one hand, you had these free ones where they were just very restrictive. They had ads in it, and I didn't really like that. And then mm. you had these other ones where you synchronize all your bank accounts up. Mm. And then on top of that, things would potentially change. You know, you've got fees of using it. You've got changes to the way the system works. Uh, this is the sort of yeah. thing where when I set it, I want to set and forget. Set, set and forget in terms of like, I've set the system up. I'd, I'm open to interacting with it to, you know, do my, do my duty sort of thing for managing my money. Do you mind if I hamstring one of my cons
0: in here? Yeah. Because um, one of my pros, the first pro was productivity management apps. Yeah. Um, one of my cons is productivity management apps.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and the main reason I put it there twice in both is that those restrictions, like the tiers and the payments and just having to deal with that, isn't worth the trouble sometimes
1: yeah and so sometimes it actually
0: it actively stops you from using it the way you would like to
1: yeah yeah and so i that that's exactly what i was worried about with some of these apps where i was like they just look like they look like they are useful but they also look like they're a bit of a hassle in certain ways and so i thought look i'm just going to manage my money in a way where i have complete control over it and so what I've done is I've just created, I've just used Google Sheets, which is basically Google's version of Excel, and it's web uh-huh. browser based. So I can log into web browser and I have my uh, budgeting spreadsheet on my computer. This is really, yep. this is really great content for people. Hey, <laughs> really, really awesome content <laughs> to listen to. So I'll play through this I, one quickly. I th- so I think
0: some people will find it interesting to hear, hear it, but some people might be. Hitting the skip button, we'll maybe we'll put chapters in.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, so I, I have that on my computer, and then on my phone, I have the app installed, and you know, again, synchronizing. It just synchronizes my budgeting, and so you know, whenever I'm at the shops, I'll put money in that fits. I'll I'll update it manually to the category that it's in, and it helps me. I won't get into the details of it because that will bore everyone to death. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. basically. I just have my budgeting there on my phone, on something a platform is an app, but it's an app that I'm highly confident is not going to change anytime soon. Excel has mostly been the same since like two thousand and two. And Google Sheets is point? based on that, so it's like it's kind of the that, the middle ground. Where there
0: are it. spreadsheet, there are spreadsheeting formats that you could export from Google Sheets and then import into like. Libra office sheets or whatever, and they would still work. Yeah. So it's it like, that's why for note-taking I use a, an app called obsidian because instead of being like a note-taking app, like notion where it's held on a server somewhere else, I just put it on my Dropbox. And so now whenever I take a note, it's like using a note-taking app, but I've got all of those notes saved as plain text somewhere that I can access mm-hmm. if obsidian ever broke
1: mmm ever since I started managing my money better, -er, um, it just takes a lot of that stress off. Like, yes, I have to consciously think about the money that I'm spending, but I've budgeted in a way where it's like, okay, I know that I have, I can just casually spend this much money on bubble tea. I know that I can spend this much money on like my groceries and overall, I'm not going to die and I can still make a savings. And just having that lifted from me, like that burden of not knowing how much money I really have and where it's all flying really just helps de-stress you because when I, previously when I was at uni, especially I just wasn't tracking my money at all. I was just spending. I was Mm -hmm. like, I have money. I don't know how much. And it was a little bit nightmarish as soon as like a bill came in or any point in time where I would ever, ever think about my money subscriptions are a killer for that yeah and any point i would ever think about my money at all it was just like oh compartmentalize that think about (laughs) something else now but now that oh look fluffy kids yeah but now that now that i have actually started to manage my money properly it's it's a less scary thing to think about and that keeps me Distressed, and that keeps me more you, efficient. You don't
0: go into scarcity mindset. Yeah,
1: scarcity mindset. And so that's something we have talked about in probably a couple of podcasts now. But
0: Yeah, we've never done one specifically around it, but I, I think know. we've covered it. Yeah,
1: I don't know if we, it's fairly worth doing extensively. a podcast on it.
0: I, I don't know that we know enough on the actual ins and outs of it to speak authoritatively about it just yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a professional in everything I ever talk about. I'm being sarcastic. No,
0: you're getting, you're getting good, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I'm getting good. I'm a professional getting good. Well, that does
0: uh, kind of roll into my next pro, which is multiple notepads at the same time.
1: I was going Um, to put that down and then I saw you had put that down. So I was like, oh, damn it.
0: That's cool. It means that it's, uh, it's going to be more universal, universally applicable for people. Yeah. The, the main reason I do it is because I'll usually write something down like a checklist or something to remember that I want to look at and refer to for like a week. If I'm working on a shot, like I'll write down next step is this next step is this and I'll check it off as I go. And I don't want to close that notebook or use the next page because then I'll forget sort of to use the checklist. And that's when I get sort of muddied in my process. Yeah. So I like to have multiple notebooks. I don't have them for anything specifically. They both do exactly the same thing. It just sort of like having multiple tabs. You can have a notebook that's like your live notebook, and your notebook that's like saved on a page, as it were.
1: Yeah, I've got uh, three note, two two notebooks for working. Um, I've I've got actually no, I've got three. So one for journaling, one for like just to do lists. Yes. And then another Mm -hmm. one just as a working notebook. So I just, you know, I'm trying to figure out this or I need to like draw something to figure out or I need to draw a little graph. I'll do that in my working notebook. And then Mm -hmm. I keep that separate from my actual schedule notebook. And that just stops me from getting, from things getting too cluttered and too clustered because there has been times where I just try and keep everything in the one notebook and it's just like a pain in the butt.
0: See here's where I think our brains work a little bit differently. If I try to have like a notebook for ideas, a notebook for journaling, and a notebook for lists, or what have you, that's when I don't use them because I feel like I feel like I'm using one too much and not using the other one enough, and there's all these pages that I could be using for the other thing. So I like having the multiple notebooks, but I like them all to be sort of general purpose because I tend to remember where all the stuff is. And if it's really important, I will like, for instance, with obsidian, if I've taken a note from a workshop or something that I find really important, I'll go and I'll save it onto obsidian in a way that's easily searchable. Uh, yeah. So the notebook itself is sort of not really for posterity. It's for the moment. It's for getting stuff down or for working through lists. And then once I turn the page, it's kind of done. Like I don't need that anymore. It's at, in an emergency I can go find it. But I don't really think of it as an artifact.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. I most of my stuff that I write down is not really stuff that I look back onto, except for like my general use workbook. That's something I might have something somewhat important in that I'll refer back to in the future. Um hmm. But yeah, I find just having things separated and having, you know, a few nice notebooks just Evenly stacked is. I find that super useful for me to just keep things organized and separated.
0: I like having them in the locations that I work so that I've always got a pen and paper to hand when I need it.
1: Yeah, me too. I always do that as well. um Did you have much more? How about,
0: s- how about we do one more pro each and then we'll sort of blast through the negatives because they're probably a bit more funny.
1: Okay, all right. Um... I will go with my next one of, uh, again, in line of de-stressing, um, playing overwatch, Hmm. playing overwatch is a pro that has worked for me. Uh,
0: would you extend that to de-stressing by playing games or is it specifically overwatch? Uh,
1: de-stressing by playing games. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing is better for me de-stress wise than absolutely carrying in overwatch it's just <laughs> so good like when you but you can't control that right like what if you're having a bad day like in overwatch yeah oh yeah that's that's bad oh that that's, that that's like where putting
0: I, your mood at the fate look, of look some, i've you know guy called crusher 88
1: i've also got playing overwatch as a negative that doesn't work so I'll focus on the negative that doesn't work in a moment, but okay. playing Overwatch where you absolutely crush it, it's great. Where you just log in, you go, oh, a uh, brain fart. You know, you're doing the Pomodoro method or whatever it's called. Where Pomodoro is it Pomodoro?
0: Yeah, Pomodoro.
1: Pomodoro. Yeah, I was where you're doing that method and you've got scheduled in like oh yeah, 15 minutes for Overwatch and you play some Overwatch and you poon some noobs, you carry and then at the end you get like uh, you know, play the game or, you know, what, e- even then, even if you don't win, it's still like, it's still satisfying somewhat. Mm. And it's just a really great way just to like, you get so much pented frustration at the computer. And so mm. just to take that out on some 12 year old on the other side of the world, is just so yeah. nice.
0: I-, I get it. Um, for me, I think, it- I think it's a bit more fragile than that for me. Cause like, for instance, I tried doing that but then it took me like one time where I got absolutely cornered in Valheim and lost all my stuff and just felt bad about it for the rest of the day cuz I didn't want to have to go and get my stuff <laughs> naked. Um you know, I just I just I, it just like puts me in a funk and I can't like if I if I'm there to try and Decompress. I don't want the opportunity for the computer to get another kick in on me when I'm already struggling with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's probably something we can talk about when I talk about watches a negative. So, what's your uh, last positive, man?
0: Animbot. Very specific. Not for everybody. But if you animate in Ma- Maya, if you animate in CG, you need Animbot. It is a set of tools that's a plugin for Maya, and it turns Maya from maya into an actual animation tool um it is so good it has saved me so much time it is the reason i can do cg animation without pulling my hair out it is my favorite thing
1: awesome Uh, it's
0: uh it's it to give a bit more of a detailed sort of overview it's it's got everything like uh smoothers and your tween machine and it's got a one click alignment tool and you can copy animation from one thing and put it on the other thing. And the key is there's a lot of tools that do that, but AnimBot tends to work. So it's just really nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think you an extension to that would just be add-ons, useful add-ons. Yeah.
0: Stuff that makes your workflow easier and nicer. Easier don't and accept fast. default. Yeah.
1: All right. Now that we've blasted through those, uh, although uh, uh, small, s-
0: small spice just before you do that. Yep. Don't change your hotkeys. Oh, everybody's yeah. going to tell you to change your hotkeys. Don't change your hotkeys. Um, there was a phrase going around when I was going through training: keep, keep with vanilla Maya, which means keep the original, keep the original hotkeys. Because as soon as you try to learn something and you've got this custom hotkey set that works for you, everybody's going to tell you to do it because it's like makes your workflow faster or something as soon as you need to learn something, it becomes a thousand times harder if you change all the hotkeys. Yeah.
1: I've tried changing hotkeys for things in Blender or you try like some of the different preset hotkey setups and it just breaks stuff.
0: Yeah. Like e- even professionals, they've said, change your hotkeys, change your hotkeys. And that, then you ask them, oh, why do you want to change your hotkeys? And they're like, oh, you know, because by default it's on Y or something and I don't want to have to move my hand. And I'm like, yeah, okay, bro. <laughs> it's a keyboard. If your keyboard's too big, get a smaller keyboard.
1: Ooh, you might get some uh, backlash from people that really love their hotkeys changed. I am a hotkey agnostic, and I will fight you. One v one, me bro. All right. Yeah, so we want to go at, into come the come uh, at me in the comments. We want to go into the negatives.
0: Sure, you go first. All right.
1: Negative number one. Playing Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah. So as, as I mentioned, it's, it's great to, you know, just take your frustration out and it does really work sometimes, but then there's the times where I'll either, I'll get really owned and I'll just go, Oh, I can't end it on that. Get owned again. Oh, I can't end it on that. And then, you know, 45 minutes goes by or an hour goes by and I don't feel like sitting at my computer anymore and I just go out for a walk and suddenly I've wasted like two hours when realistically I could have just gone for like a half an hour or a 15 minute walk and that would have been sufficed to, you know, chill me out or, you know, just yeah. take a step away from the computer because sometimes think- you do, you do yeah. need to step away from the computer and I get that confused with playing Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I get that. Yeah. Like I, I didn't include stepping away or going for a walk because we sort of covered that quite extensively in the productivity podcast, but it is the highest leverage thing you can do. It's just not an active thing that helps you while you're working, which is what this was more sort of focused on.
1: Yeah. I I definitely um, get a lot of use out of just walking away from the computer, going outside, being being in mother nature and at the moment spring is just coming into canberra oh, in a few weeks like all, we the, got
0: to sit on our balcony for the first time yesterday it was so
1: good oh uh, yeah all the wattle trees are coming out um if you if anyone's overseas and you don't know what a wattle tree is look it up um but and then sneeze yeah yeah then sneeze it's the full experience yeah um oh i don't do that because you know my peasant my body's not a peasant <clears throat> um
0: Actually, uh, being able to tolerate uh, the uh, outpourings of the earth is more of a grounded land dweller thing to do.
1: Yeah, man. Woke. Um, but yeah. It... I was calling you a surf, man. Hey. <laughs> hey, none of that. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, like just getting outside I found super helpful. And like as soon as I see like every, the end of every winter, all of a sudden, like wattle trees, like one day they're just like these sticky branch things, and suddenly like they're these delicious vibrant green and yellow. Yeah, yeah, vibrant green and yellow delicious smell. And it's just like, oh yeah. And that's when I have to go outside and not play with the watch.
0: Yeah. Here here in Melbourne, it's when the hoodies start coming off. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're running out of time here, I think I'll just quickly... Do you mind if I just quickly go through a couple of my negatives? Because like, they're just little pet peeves and I don't expect them to take much yeah, discussion. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I have a 3D connection digital mouse, uh, which is a 3D mouse, which should be amazing for CG art, but it's not. Don't get one. They're awful. Is that like a... Nothing is... Comp-
1: sorry, hmm? is that like a, a 3D stylus?
0: It's like a, it's sort of like a puck, like a hockey puck that you hold and then you pull it up and down and you push it forward and back. And it's like, you're holding the thing in space and then it rotates the thing in Maya or blender.
1: Like right. how you're holding it. Yeah. I, I've seen many years ago, I went to an office and I saw someone using that. And I remember thinking that looks awesome. I want that.
0: It looked awesome. I wanted it. I got one. I've had it for like six years now. I have not found an actual use case for it that I either use it for or like. It's just not ergonomical. There's not enough hotkeys on it. I hate it. But I keep plugging it in because like for instance earlier this year ZBrush added support for it and I was like, oh yeah, I can hold my sculpt and sculpt while I'm you know, and I don't have to use the alt key anymore and it's just not a great experience. I tweaked the crap out of the settings. Still not a great experience. It should be amazing. It sucks. Don't get it.
1: Right. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. Chris Spett Bevon, 3D <laughs> thing. <Bing. What's laughs> 3- next?
0: 3D connection digital mouse. Number two, spinny office chairs. Don't do it. Everybody does it by default. Don't do it. Why? Because they're just not ergonomical. The way they encourage you to sit destroys your back, especially for artists if you're leaning forward. Variety is what you need in an office chair. You need to be able to either stand up, sit down, or crouch. And on an office chair, nobody actually moves it. They just set it to one position and they just deal with it, and it absolutely destroys your back. Not ergonomical at all. You need either a fixed chair, so you're not fighting the spin as you push against it, or you need something like one of those exercise balls or a stool or a standing desk, anything else. Spinny office chairs, bad.
1: Yeah. I have like a really expensive spinny office chair and it's the chair I use the least. I have like a tall drafting spinny chair, but I use that because I have a standing desk and I'm too lazy to put my standing desk up and down. Yeah. So it's, I just... it's
0: more about, it's more about the combination of the spinny with the wheels. That's the problem. Yeah. Cause it's shifting around and you're not, actually moving in a way that helps increase blood flow to your legs you're just moving in a way that makes your back all canted and then you try to compensate and you end up with a lower back pain and it's all very awkward
1: yeah you to know those ergonomic like, setup things
0: yeah i i mean i use a stool with my standing desk as well um but the the key is variety you should be like standing up in the morning. And then as you get a bit more tired, you move to the stool at the standing desk. And then if you can, I've got the KVM switch so I can swap it to a lower desk. I'll just sit. I actually do have one of those exercise balls. Really comfortable. Really good.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, you got any other pet peeves?
0: Um. Yep. I did cover production management apps, but I just wanted to quickly go over the fact that if you're doing a personal project for any reason, don't use product planning apps like Hack and Plan or Jira or Trello or any of those things, don't use them. Because if it's if it's just you, you don't need it. You should be able to plan it out in like documents and on your notepads, and you should be able to jump around like a crazy person. As soon as you start to work through it in process like a production would, that's when you slow down and that's when you're not gonna complete it because you're putting all these hurdles that are just there to make production easier in your way
1: yeah okay yeah i i have um, used trello on like some group projects but I n- it never really gets used all that much i think maybe in like a large group setting then yeah it's probably useful
0: they're they're only useful in a situation where there's too many things happening to track and you actually need it written down somewhere yeah if, if you're doing your own personal project, you should be able to jump to the fun bit if you're feeling like doing the fun bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, the fun bit is always the best bit to be doing. And finding ways yeah. to maximize that, hell yeah.
0: Yeah, and then um, the, the the I have two other pet peeves. Did you want me to quickly run through those? Yeah, go for it. Uh, small display tablets, don't do it. Save up for the big one. Okay. Because I've got a Wacom 13 inch that I started on. I kept wondering if I was using it wrong until I got the 24 inch HUION that I've got. And the, the, the fact is, no, you're not using it wrong. It just
1: sucks. <laughs> okay. Thank it's you for that enough... note. I will not get a small display tablet.
0: Yeah. iPads, different story. The like doing stuff on the iPad with the stylus, really cool. Hmm. Because the screen is laminated and it's got more degrees of sensitivity and all that. Yeah. But the, the smaller display tablets just don't have the right setup for that. It could change in the future. I've got the... Something that I've got for traveling is the 16-inch Huion with the laminated screen. The laminated screen is great. It's still too small for drawing. Especially if you're doing drawing, don't get the small one. Drawing and painting. Okay.
1: Noted. uh and what's your last pet peeve chris early relief early release software that looks cool uh yes the the general rule of don't dive in on the first generation yeah be careful like for instance
0: there are two animation softwares that i love and would never use on a project yet and i've wasted so much time learning how to use them The first one is Roomba by the guys who made Gorilla Renderer. It's a animation tool that takes all the best parts of Maya's animation and just puts it in its own separate tool. Really cool tool. Very early. Can't be used for anything except maybe animation practice. Um, The other one's Akitsu. Fantastic tool for game animation. It's just way too early. Uh, It's just stuff it doesn't do. And if you commit to a software that doesn't do stuff then you have to do workarounds and you'll just end up in Blender anyway. You might as well learn
1: Blender. Yeah, and the annoying thing is like they have potential, but they need, for that potential to be fulfilled, they need people to give it a chance, but people just don't want to give it a chance because it's first chance. So it's one of those things where it's like, is this worth giving it the chance? And in most yes. cases, no, it's not.
0: A lot of the times, the, the time spent actively learning how to use it, it's going to be a new workflow. You'll feel great about it because it'll start to work for you because it's probably good that's why they made a
1: product yeah
0: but then you can't use that and you might as well spend the time learning something really banal and normal like Maya
1: yeah yeah it's it's real hard to to stay on track with just always think, just going oh I need to do this thing and then you have to Google a workaround because you know it's not supported yet and it's just such yeah. a pain in the butt that I found with some softwares.
0: And as a quick tangent on that, UE4, UE5, that's the worst for that sort of stuff. I swear there is no window in that program that has the same sort of operation as any other part of that program. I have to Google everything. Like you yeah. learn something and it's not applicable to anywhere else.
1: Real, I'm not too experienced with it, so that's not something something I'm really familiar with. Luckily with Uh, Blender, it's fairly consistent in terms of UI.
0: That's because they've made a very like concerted approach recently to formalize that. But even for instance, recently I think it was like the grease pencil shortcut for merge layers was control shift M and that was something else in edit mode, but then merge in the regular mode was just M. And so it was like little confusing things like that. Oh, okay. But, But, Stuff like that, but with UE4, it's like, and here's a completely new interface, which you now need to learn. It's like a completely different software within the software. Some yeah. of the hotkeys work.
1: Some of them don't. <laughs> find out after the break. Do you want to
0: play a game?
1: Yeah. So is that your uh, last pet peeve, or did you have one? There? Actually, in
0: that case, it would be, do you want to make a game?
1: <laughs> um, uh, That's my last pet peeve. You go right. ahead. So I've got I've got one last uh, negative, which was working a billion hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> I when I when I was at uni, uh, architecture has a really bad culture of all right. Let's see how far we can exhaust ourselves and who will be the last person standing, and like that was something it was useful to sort of test my limits. Um and is something that I can rely on now to really push myself and know when to stop. But mm. I've I found continuing to sort of work, you know, twenty-nine hours in one day is just not useful for me anymore. It's just because it just it just drains you. It just kills you. And do you honestly, ever find that?
0: Yeah. And back then was the most energy you're ever going to have. So it sort of, it comes down to performance. It comes, it comes down to like a trade off between getting stuff done when you, when you do have that energy and when you do have the environment to figure that out. And I I would say if you're in a position where you are immersed in that stuff, mustering that and getting to that place is a good idea. But outside of that, no, because what you need to be doing is building habits that, are sustainable. If you can't imagine yourself doing it when you're 65, don't do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like you, you can do things and push yourself when like you're in your mid twenties, but it just, it's hard to sustain, uh, past that.
0: For me, I find it's less about the energy and more about the purpose. Like when, when I was a baby, like when I was still a teenager or whatever, I could get to a place where I could just, for the interest of the thing, like a child, just do the thing and just yeah. see how it came out. These days, what tends to stop me from doing that is like I realize that that path leads to nothing and so it's not worth continuing down.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I um, I used to just like play around in Photoshop as a teenager or experiment in whatever. Uh, for for hours on end um, but you know there was no real utility in that like it was utility in that i learned to learn and that kind of stuff and have familiar with um software but yeah it's it's a bit of a tangent now but the main point i wanted to make was just pushing yourself to work a billion hours in one day is just not going to work for you
0: it gets to a point where you just can't contextualize yourself to a place where it seems worth it anymore and that's where the advice to create like a child comes into play but I would say create like a child, operate like an adult because Uh, some of that stuff that you were doing was a waste of time and you have to be responsible enough to tell when those times are.
1: Yeah otherwise you would just be wasting time.
0: Yeah and Technically, technically, that should be possible. But if you're trying to get good, you do need to put some hours in. But you need to put some hours in responsibly.
1: All right. Now, this podcast is it's uh, getting a bit on the long side now. Uh, do you want to wrap it up, Chris?
0: Sure. Where can people go to follow you on the interwebs, Mr. Jaden?
1: So you can find me at Twitter as JSTO underscore art or on Instagram Ray r-a-i because my parents were trying to be trendy
0: (laughs) Uh, you can follow me but what I'd prefer you do is follow the link below in the description to the y-axis newsletter I sort of have a sneaky bar of the amount of people interested before I actually pull the trigger on that particular project and I'm probably going to wrap it up in the next two or three weeks if I don't hit that number so do go over have a look at that if you're interested in finding out the why behind doing certain things in animation.
1: All right. Thanks for listening. This has been the Get Good Podcast, where we talk about our journey of getting good. And we also share a lot of information that people that are going through similar journeys uh, to use to get good and, you know, hopefully get a job or just improve their overall skills.
0: And please leave us a comment below. Tell us what you think about this format. We might do some more grab bags on different topics if you like it. If you don't, we'll stick more to just one topic and general ramblings.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. Bye. See ya! just a quick side note is that we are changing the schedule of our podcast which is usually uh, thursday evenings eastern australian standard time but we are now going to change that to monday evenings eastern australian standard time thanks very much